everyone and welcome to the 99 Yards Podcast. I'm your host Duncan Terry and today I'm joined by Adam Barton, Stuart Taylor and Dale Jones. How are you guys? Yeah, doing well thanks. Just uh, just starting to get over the last few weeks but yeah, we'll see how thing, how, how everything goes in there on Sunday night. Yeah, it's been a bit of a tough time being a Ravens fan I guess Adam. It's been a pretty, pretty tough one but yeah, look, looking forward to chatting some football with you guys. I've missed the last couple of podcasts so glad to be back chatting football with you. And yeah, feeling pretty good myself. Definitely happy with the, the Vikings win in, in London on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to, to heading back again this weekend as well. Yeah, it has got to be good to see your own team win live, definitely. But uh, this week, obviously, we're having a kicker special. Um, I'm kidding, of course. How annoying was that, right? Every American media outlet last week saying, oh, they love a kicking game in the UK. It's just like soccer, right? I was yeah, good. Even the around the NFL guys went for it as well, and it's just like, no, go away from the low-hanging fruit, please. Yeah, as as you know, we we have a chat about this a lot of the time. The 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 soccer football crossover really grinds my gears, and uh, yeah, I'm not not a big fan of of that. It's it it seems just a bit a, a bit of insulting, and and I know we're probably taking it a bit too hard, but yeah, mm. we we enjoy the NFL the same as same as any other guys, I think. I think it's because it gets rolled out every year, doesn't it? I mean, I don't really take it as a, a slight on the, the fandom or the knowledge of, of NFL fans in this country, but it just kind of smacks of lazy journalism at times. Um, although I'm not sure we really help ourselves sometimes if you see some of the, the people that are rolling out, NFL UK, we're rolling out onto Good Morning Football, you know, some guy that admitted he'd never even watched a game before. So I think we're, <laughs> we're quite keen to make ourselves look a little bit silly at times as well. Absolutely. I was going to say it was the... It was the comment on bangers and mash and fish and chips uh, just before the kick was, that was just as bad, to be perfectly honest. It's It's been around for 15 years. We need to get a, away from these stereotypes. But as for the game, we got a good one, didn't we? I mean, obviously being there, Dale, how, how uh, the crowd must have been loving it. Yeah, it was it was an interesting mix of fans because there was a lot of noise being made when, when both offences were on the field, particularly as it got later into the game. I'm uh, really curious as to kind of what you guys thought and how you found the game to be from watching it. Uh, you know, as somebody with a bit of with a rooting interest in that game, I found myself, you know, far too emotionally invested in the outcome to really take in whether the game was actually any good or not as as a spectacle. I'm probably going to get hung, drawn and quartered. I didn't actually see the game live. Um, <laughs> Sunday afternoon is a... Uh, Little kids football and um, boys were playing football in the afternoon. So uh, I must admit, I didn't see the game live as it happened and just caught the highlights. I mean, it seemed, uh, yeah, when, when games come down to that last kick, it always just does that, that extra bit of drama, doesn't it? And I think that sometimes gives you the impression it's been an amazing game. But not having seen it, I don't, don't really comment too much on it. Um, and maybe Adam can give us a bit of a perspective on that. Well, I have to say, I, I gave up a ticket to go to the game on, on Sunday. So uh, typical that it goes down to the last kick. Uh, very frustrating, but uh, got had to deal with some, some family illness. Uh, but it, it struck me as uh, three quarters of a, a typical London game with, with not a lot of quality. But once the fourth quarter got going, it, it, was, it was a good game and, and tight, which that, that's the main thing, really. We've had enough blowouts in, in, the, uh, in the international series games, so at, le- at least it was a close game that went down to a kick and in particular a double doink as well, which would, would have been even better. Not so much for you, Dale, but if it had, gone, if it had bounced the other side of the, uh, of the bar, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll certainly take the result. Yeah, I don't blame you. I was going to say similarly, I, th- I think the very dramatic and fun end disguised what was actually 
some really poor play. Um, I didn't think either team deserved it, and I was begging it not to go to overtime because I didn't want any more. Um, a little bit Victor Melger of me, of course, you know, but they weren't very impressive. And I must say, though, I don't understand that of the Vikings because they've got great players. You know, everyone knows they're skill players, but the offensive line's full of, you know, you've got Bradbury and O'Neill and then on defence, you know, you've got your Kendricks, you've got some good corners now, cracking defensive ends. In all the important positions, there's really good players. And I don't really understand why they always look just a little bit average. Yeah, they, they, they certainly do. And, and I think that early interception kind of spooked Kirk. He seemed a little bit, uh, Kirk Cousins was, seemed a little bit afraid to throw the ball downfield after that interception. Uh, he started airing out a little bit as the game was, was going on. Uh, I, I mean, I think it, you know, it's the first it's the first month effectively of a, a new coaching, you know, a new coach, a new offense. You know, a lot of the starters didn't really play in preseason. So you could argue that, you know, these first handful of games is, is almost an extension of the preseason. So um, it, it's another ugly win, isn't it? Two in a row. But, it, you know, they all count the same at the end, don't they? So uh, and it was actually quite nice. It was a bit of a role reversal for Vikings. Those are the sorts of games we normally lose in that kind of fashion. So um, I was quite happy to see us get the win. Um, we probably, as you say, you know, we've got on paper a pretty good team, but we're probably one of the least convincing three and one teams out there. But your record says what you are. You know, we've got two wins in the division, another game at home this weekend against, you know, argu- arguably one of the worst teams in the league, in the Bears. Um, yeah, it's we'd like to see a little bit more, but I think it's still early days. I'm viewing things positively. Mm-hmm. That brings me nicely on. Uh, he's saying that it leaves them three and one. Next week we've got the three and one Giants, and let's move on to our you know big three game previews. The three and one Giants come back to London, and for the first time the Packers. Um, there's a lot of people going to complete the set. Going to see all 32 teams. Uh, Stuart, big game coming up. Yeah, it is, and um, I must admit the Giants are probably the most surprising three and one team. I, I don't think anyone thinks the Giants are going to end up with a significantly winning record, but um, fair play, they've, they've beaten what's been put in front of them. Um, the Bears are um, a bit of a dumpster fire this year, I must admit, but um, they, they did it with actually without a quarterback, really, for a lot of this game. You know, Daniel Jones got injured, Tyrod came in, he got injured, and they had uh, Saquon playing as a wildcat quarterback for a while. And it looks like we're finally getting the Saquon Barkley we thought we were going to get when he came out um, a few years ago and was drafted number two overall. He had a really good game, was really effective, um, running the ball really well. Um, the Giants have got, you know, Andrew Thomas has really come on to be one of the better left tackles in, in football now. He's he's really improved um, year upon year. They do have some other nice pieces that they're building as well. And I think what really stood out for me is the way they've been coached. I mean, they've got a new coach and staff coming over from Buffalo. Brian Dable has done really well as an offensive coordinator there. They, he now looks like he can coach. I mean, he can only coach with the pieces that he's got in front of them. And for what he's got in front of him um, to deal with, he's doing a pretty good job, I think. Um, the Packers, the a bit different from what we've really seen in Packers a years gone by when we've looked at Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams and that explosive offence. They've got a really good defence. The Packers are one, one of the teams I really like on defence. Kenny Clark has been good. Rashawn Gary has just been lights out this last week. Well, he's really come on very well. Quay Walker, um, rookie linebackers, look really good. They've got a good secondary. So maybe a different Packers from what we've seen in, in years gone by. 
just to touch back on what you were saying a minute ago, uh, Duncan, I think certainly for, for me and many other fans, like you say, it's an opportunity to kind of tick off all 32 teams. So it's, I think it's important for us to kind of take stock of that and kind of how fortunate we are over 15 years to be in a position where many of us now will be able to say we've seen all 32 teams play live in this country. Um, you know, begrudgingly, nice for Packers fans to, to get a chance to come and see their team lose in the flesh. Uh, and and they could, whilst donning their £60 foam cheese heads, by the sounds of it. <laughs> That's got to be a typo, right? They've got to be £6, surely. Who knows what You'd people like... will pay for nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it is my favourite bit of, of NFL memorabilia. Not not the cheese head, but the, the greatest that Bears fans will wear. I, I just love that as a bit of ingenuity. Uh, I'm not sure Dale will agree on that one, though. <laughs> no, I, I, I did ask NFL UK if we were allowed to bring cheese graters into the stadium on Sunday, but I haven't had a reply yet. <laughs> Uh, no, you're absolutely right, Stuart. Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley has been the old Saquon Barkley, and he's definitely a big candidate for comeback player of the year. Uh, what, what do you reckon, Adam? Yeah, I think the the Giants have looked looked pretty good. They've, they've beaten what's in front of them, but that's all all you can do at um, at the end of the day. Uh, they the front front seven is looking quite exciting for the for the Giants as well with Aziz Ojolari and uh, and Kayvon Thibodeau. He's he's coming into the the team. He's they started the season injured. Uh, but the Giants are, are slowly building something, uh, and I think it's it's good to for them to stay under the radar as long as possible, given they're they're in the New York market. But I think it could be there could be quite a few sacks on on Sunday with with two uh, two strong fronts uh, to play against. Hopefully, the the Giants do have a serviceable quarterback because both, as as we've mentioned, both of them are injured, and it's up in the air what, who's going to be starting. Either either Daniel Jones, Tyron Taylor, or it seems reasonably likely that it's going to be someone who's in off the street, which I'm I'm not liking the look of for from an NFL UK side uh, uh, viewpoint. Jake Fromm, yeah, looks like they've been working out. I think he's been on the roster previously. Did did I see AJ McCarron on the depth chart as well? I might be mistaken. I think he was worked out on the depth chart. Yeah, the, at the moment in front of me, I've only got Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, but they were definitely working out several players yesterday. Yeah, just totally going off track as as quite often we do here. See, coming back to Saquon Barkley, just something to maybe think about for another day. Is it right now the right time for the Giants to cash in on Saquon? He's not got long left on a contract. They might have to put him on a franchise tag next year. Are they going to want to pay him a lot of money? There's, there's teams who maybe challenge him for a championship might be willing to pay for a running back for a six-month rental, like you saw the Rams do with Von Miller. Do they cash in on him? That is a huge conversation because I saw and joined in on briefly an argument on Twitter between two uh, journalists whether to pay him on, on for his contract or not, whether to keep him. Uh, one was saying, yes, he's playing fantastic. Of course we keep him. Why wouldn't we? You know, he's a big part of the offence. The other was saying, who wins the Super Bowl with running backs these days? You know, who was the last one? And of course, the last one, you know, Massive name was probably Marshall Lynch, who, who carried the, the Seahawks back in 2013. We could probably think of more, but to wear this all day. But personally, a running back, A, doesn't last very long in his career, and he's already had one bad injury, so maybe cash in. On the other hand, what else you got? You're going to have Daniel Jones throwing a Kenny Golliday? You know what I mean? It's you, You're almost throwing the towel in if you trade him. So it's an interesting conversation, that. 
think it's a bit of a hot take, but the, the, the time to, uh, to to cash in on that move was, was during the draft. I, I never really agreed that taking Saquon with the second pick was was the right move for, for kind of the reasons you've ju- you just discussed there. I mean, he's a great player, but do you really want to invest that much into a, a running back? Uh, I mean, some of the QBs that went early in that draft, like Baker and Sam Darnold, you'd say, hasn't, hasn't really worked out. But, you know, Lamar Jackson was there. At, I'm not sure running back was the move in the draft at that point. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to look at cashing in, which uh, I know is, is a bit of a hot take because he's, he's obviously got tremendous qualities. He's certainly on his day one of the one of the better running backs in the league. But, um, yeah, you, you don't often win by, by paying running backs a lot of money. It, it doesn't doesn't tend to work out in the long run. Well, Stu will know that my view on this is that I think running backs should be taken in the first round more often. Not second overall, I should say, but the the, the sort of team that trades back into the first round for, for an extra pick, get pick up a running back solely so that you get that fifth-year option. So you can car, uh, carry Saquon Barkley into that fifth year or a, another running back. Um, so I, I think that's the, the best approach. I, I think it should be you should have a premium for them in the in the first round. But I don't think they get that much value for him. It's it's the time to cash in on him, but I don't think you get much for him solely because he is a running back. And unless you have a big uh, a, a big need, then I think teams would rather do, do it run by committee rather than have Saquon Barkley, who may may get injured throughout the the rest of the season. I don't think you do pay him. I, I think you would definitely uh, give him a decent offer, uh, but you don't want to set the give him a market setting deal uh, as the Giants. So it's it's a difficult one. I, I sort of think he's he's not going to get traded more because there's, there won't be enough of a market for the Giants to get what they want rather than anything. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends, ends up somewhere else solely because he is going to want to be paid like a premium running back and they just don't get paid anymore. It's uh, it's an interesting topic uh, and I look forward to the write-up. <laughs> uh, you'll like this segue, talking about running backs, uh, Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens <laughs> visit the Bengals on uh, Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> Adam, uh, as a fan, you probably know the Ravens are two and two, despite only being behind for a total of 14 seconds in those losses in total, which is just crazy. How are you feeling? Uh, quite I'm quite downbeat. I, I didn't expect to beat the Bills. I, I'd sort of written it off as a, as a loss from the start of the um, game. Well, not from before the game, I should say. Obviously, the Ravens started started well. It's it's weird though, just because of the the manner of the loss and the fact that they've given up two. They've given up a 17 point lead and a 21 point lead over the last couple of weeks. And as you say, they're 14 seconds away from being four and zero. Uh, I'm I'm very much in the the camp of uh, in in Harbaugh we trust I, he's he's one of the best coaches in in the NFL and unless you're going to come across someone who uh, is is you you can trust to be better then then don't get rid of him but there are de- there's definitely some disquiet among among the fans from from what I've seen over the last few days and frankly the it, well Lamar Jackson has performed really well he's 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 up there in terms of yardage in terms of uh, uh, share of the offense between running and, and passing and, and touchdowns but the defense is just not working they're, they're the third they've conceded the third most yards over the the course of the first four games and I, I do wonder if there's some sort of capitulation that's coming at some point well other than the the big comebacks that they've they've had they've, they've played the the entire AFC East over the first four weeks which I, I find a bit odd I think the Jets have done done the same thing with the AFC North and the Bills and Dolphins are good teams so uh, as i said 
I expected to lose the the Bills, maybe not so much to the Dolphins at the start of the season, but how they've performed, then that seems fair enough. But I can't rate them based on beating the Jets and Patriots, who who don't look that that good this season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're two and three come Monday morning. Yeah, I think the I think the Ravens are still figuring some of things out on that defensive side of the ball. They've got a a new safety tandem. They obviously got them um, Williams from from the Saints, and then they've got the Kyle Hamilton in the draft as well. There's there's a few things still to be figured out. Um, I I think the, the apart from Owe, you know, he got his first kind of sack. I think this week they they don't have much of a pass rush, and I think when you you struggle to rush the passer and you're struggling to knit things together in the secondary, I think it makes a, a recipe for for difficult games and and conceding a lot of yards. But I think that they will figure things out. I think they're just going to take a little bit of time to get there. Um, offensively, they've looked pretty good, but I still think they're just missing that number one receiver for Lamar to go to. Um, Rashad Bateman's trying really hard to get there, but he's still a, a rookie, really, because he didn't have much of his first year. He's still early in his in his career with it. But um, I'm a bit more positive about the Ravens than you are, Adam, and I suspect that's just fandom tends to do that to you, doesn't it? Yeah, that, I mean, they're the opposite of what they were in 2019 when they had the uh, when they were 14 and two in terms of the fact that back then they were they uh, were, were a great running team a historically good running team in fact and couldn't couldn't really play from behind as a result which wasn't tested in the regular season but proved a big problem against the titans in the playoffs they, uh, now they're a, a decent a, a very good passing offense and, and as i said lamar jackson has very good numbers so far but they can't close out games because they can't run the ball effectively, and the the secondary looks a bit boom or bust and gets gets beaten by by speed. Uh, I do like Bateman and and Duvernay is is developing well as a as a receiver, but there isn't the depth there, so they really need to, I think, build up the the tight. Isaiah likely looks a decent option to to move in as a sort of big receiver, even though he's drafted as a tight end. Uh, but it's it's going to be a challenge and. Yeah, in a tight division, they can't afford to be losing games when they 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 should have won. They should have won all four games so far this season. You can't afford to throw those away. Yeah, as you as you say, Adam, that I think the big worry is that they look like they're coming the masters of throwing away big leads at the moment, aren't they? But I think you touched upon it already. But you look at the teams they lost to. The, the Bills still look like the real deal, and and the Dolphins team certainly at the time that they were were playing them were absolutely flying. So again, somebody from the outside looking in. Uh, from a Ravens perspective, it's not enough to concern me just yet. Uh, there are things to work on, but certainly with the way that Lamar, Jack- Lamar Jackson is playing, he's, he's looking like a, a runaway MVP candidate at the moment. Uh, I think he's, he's got, what is it, 11 passing touchdowns and, and nearly a 1,000 yards already over four games. And uh, to touch on the running back comment, he's, he's got 300 yards rushing and a couple of touchdowns there as well. So if he carries on playing like that, he's always going to give you a chance, isn't he? And that stat of being behind for a total of 14 seconds and having two losses is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, they're certainly going to have to work some some things out, particularly defensively, but uh, it's not enough to, to concern me just yet. Uh, the, the worry... Well, well, thanks, guys. I'll get the, the, uh, the therapy sofa now. <laughs> the, the worry for the Ravens, of course, is they're playing the Bengals, who looked better than they had done last week um, and have been the Super Bowl as recent as, what, eight months ago? Um, you know, they're not a bad team either. Uh, it's not going to be too easy, I don't think. They're, they're coming back in form, right? 
Yeah, they they are, they absolutely are. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a bit of rough first couple of weeks, uh, but the Bengals are, are starting to look good again. That that offensive line is going to continue to be a worry for them, but they they certainly look a little bit better offensively. Um, Jamar Chase is, is starting to get into the games a little bit more. Eighty yards receiving against the against the Dolphins. Uh, I think he had after a slow a first fast start. Sorry, the first game. But, 129 yards. He went a little bit quiet for a couple of games, but uh, he's starting to catch a few passes. And, and T. Higgins is coming into the offense as well. So um, they certainly look like they're, they're coming back into form and, and, and more recognizable to the Bengals that we, we saw last year compared to the first few weeks. Not to uh, go back to the negative side of things, but it, I, I should point out that uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins absolutely went off against the Ravens twice last year. I think it was for about a thousand yards. Joe Burrow ends up throwing ends up throwing for over the the two games, and the the secondary, as as I said, hasn't isn't hasn't been great for the Ravens over the uh, the course of this season so far. So it's that there could be a few flashbacks to last year for sure. But I'm I, I am hopeful, but this isn't the game that they wanted after <laughs> after the the first four games they've had. Finally, uh, for the third game, uh, in my opinion, we possibly aren't blessed with great matchups this week, but I have a good feeling about Rams-Cowboys. Uh, Dale, uh, you can go first. Uh, Cowboys have been decent under Cooper Rush, um, and the Rams have a lot to prove. What do you make of this one? Yeah, I'm not sure anybody predicted a three-game win streak for the Cowboys and, and Cooper Rush, did they? Although I did, I did manage to to grab them against the Bengals in our picks. I think I was the only buddy that the only one that went for those. I didn't see it being sustainable, but he, he's certainly uh, surprising a lot of people at the moment, isn't he? Um, throwing for a few touchdowns and, and crucially no interceptions in the, in the three games that he started. Uh, but the, for the Cowboys, I think it starts with with the defense. They're absolutely dominant at the moment. They, they, they've just conceded one touchdown in the four games that they've played, and and. That's that where they're going to have to win games at the moment, primarily. Uh, and playing against the Rams, that again this time last year, you'd say an absolute firepower on offense, but they're, they're really not looking good at the moment. Are oh, they? Stafford is is struggling a bit. That move for Allen Robinson is looking like a a, a real bust move. That was um, probably would have been better sticking with Robert Woods. Maybe I don't know if Odell Beckham's still sitting there waiting for a phone call. Maybe, but. Uh, might be worth picking up the phone to him, uh, but they, they look a bit out of sorts at the moment, didn't they? Yeah, they were really stymied by that um, defense of the 49ers, only scoring nine points on the on the game the other night, and it doesn't come any easier playing against the Cowboys the way that they've been playing. Um, I, I think their their strength over the last few years has been the offensive line, and it seems to have flipped around a little bit, and the defense is playing fantastically well. Um, Micah Parsons looks like the best defensive player in football um, at times he's been phenomenal and you've seen guys like Neville Gallimore and things playing well as well it's, the, the Cowboys are tough out and Cooper Rush could be playing himself into a job somewhere else any time if he keeps up the way he's playing um, he seems to have a really good connection with, with um, Noah Brown who's a guy I didn't really know very much about as well but he's kind of burst onto the scene and um, yeah, I don't think we were expecting very much at Cooper Rush, really, but fair play to the guys. He's, he's certainly doing all right. I was going to say, if you want to talk about cashing in on trade value, then Cooper Rush is, is the prime candidate uh, to, to be. I've, I've forgotten the name of the the Seahawk, the guy that the Seahawks went for after the Packers, um, after having one good game for the Packers. Who 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 did that? Who who's been now by Russell Matt, Wilson? Who was it, Duncan? 
Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn. Yeah. Matt Flynn. Well, he screams of Matt Flynn to me if uh, not not that he's not he plays badly but uh, yeah I don't know if he can sustain it is, is more my view, my point of view but it, the the Cowboys uh they they they've been a physical team and a decent defense and as we saw on Sunday night the, the Rams at the moment don't have a plan for that so it'll be interesting to see if if they do uh, drop back again they can't really afford to to drop many more games in in a relatively competitive division with with the 49ers starting well and the cardinals seem to be uh, seem to be a tough tough out even if they're not performing up to the standards everyone was expecting that will be certainly one to watch uh two teams well both with something to prove let's be honest uh it's going to be a good one so this week our top five feature adam uh gives us his top five under the radar teams so far in 2022 thanks duncan so i I thought i'd start off with the falcons they've they've been solid i I thought they would be the worst team in football this year so far which shows how much i know obviously so that they're two and two so far this season which is tied for the division lead with the Buccaneers. And if they do continue to stumble, then in quite a weak division, the Falcons could be in it uh, later on in the season. I don't think they're going to the playoffs, but they could get to uh, to, to eight and nine or, or so, or a very solid record um, with uh, under Arthur Smith. Uh, we, we've spoken about uh, three of the teams so far, I think, on my list. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be interesting to get uh, to go into those further. But we've got Dale's Vikings, who obviously are, are three and one and, and leading the division, I think they're they're technically the second um, second seed in the NFC. Uh, obviously, not that that means much over the uh, the, the over four games, but they they've be- beaten the Packers uh, and and got three two other solid uh, wins. Didn't look too good against the Eagles, but th- as I said, they're they're under the radar and, and performing quite well. The Giants, I think, no one expected them to be be three and one, and I'm I'm surprised that there isn't more hype around what. Uh, what they've done so far, uh, it's a bit a bit concerning what what they have at quarterback, especially if if uh, particularly Daniel Jones is down for for an extended amount of time. But Saquon Barkley's back, and that gives them something to really build something to really build around. Even if uh, Kelly Golladay hasn't been performing, I think that the Chargers have been having looked like they were going to uh, burn up. They've they've got back to two and two quite quietly and look. They're only a game back, I believe, in, in the AFC West, uh, and that division doesn't look quite as fierce as it did over the, in, in the summer. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers do make it back into the uh, into into the playoff hunt with, without a without too much issue. And the final one is is a bit of a flip one. I've got the Ravens as a, an under the radar team, and and largely from what we discussed about earlier, more under the radar that I, I think that there, there's the potential for the the dam to burst at some point. Uh, we spoke about the, the 14 seconds that they were um, that they've been behind, but I, I can see if they get a, against a, a really really good passing team, then it, it it could could get particularly ugly. But maybe that is my my negative fan coming out of me. Well, thanks, Adam. Um, you're absolutely right. We've covered three of those teams at length, so let's have a look at the Falcons and Chargers. Um, great shout there with the Falcons. I hadn't realised they were doing so well. Um, and one of the telling uh, things is that they haven't even talked about moving quarterback. Um, at some point, you'd imagine that they would, you know, ch- move on from Mariota to, to, to the rookie. But there's, there's no talk of that at all. I mean, what do you reckon, Stuart? Yeah, Mariota uh, only threw seven passes. 
this week, so I'm not sure <laughs> they desperately need to make a big change to the Ricky. Um, what I think Arthur Smith has really constructed is a really good running game. Um, he's got uh, Cordell Patterson has been uh, since he's changed over to running back with the Falcons has been a bit of a revelation. And why didn't you do it earlier in his career? I thought he, I know he has taken snaps at that position, but um, they've got the rookie Tyler Algier has run really well when he's had his opportunities. Um, Mariota has participated reasonably well in the running game. But the one player for me that stood out for the Falcons, who I think has been light out, has been Chris Lindstrom on the offensive line, particularly in the running game. He's been really good at creating those lanes for those guys. Um, the real standout player for me um, for the Falcons. And yeah, I, I, I still think that um, unless they're picking number one, which I don't think they will, I still think quarterbacks in play for next year. I'm not convinced that Yes, I know they they drafted Desmond Ritter, but I'm not sure he's the quarterback that is going to be the future of the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's Cordero Patterson has been really interesting, and it's it's quite scary that it's it's taken so long because when he came out, he was uh, really touted to be a, a, a huge superstar just because of his his sheer athleticism. But suddenly, the the, the Falcons have found a way of using him effectively. He's certainly improved massively, hasn't he, since he, since he moved to the fact. I certainly re- I remember him when he when he was drafted by the Vikings in the first round as a, as a wide receiver and bounced around the league a little bit and nobody seemed to, to know how to get the best out of him. But he, he certainly found his place in, in the Falcons' offence, hasn't he? He has, and he's backed up by two quality rookies uh, who they, they look set at that position uh, for the near future. Um the Chargers is an interesting one to talk about under the radar because they're so full of stars and so full of hope every year and then never quite fulfill it. But I think this must this is this is the year for them. They're going to get to the playoffs, I would imagine. Well, I think this is this is the problem, isn't it, is, is that Chargers seem to, to find a way to throw games away that that's that's been the, the sort of knock against them for the last few years so it's perhaps a case of, of people waiting for them to to do it again uh, certainly got some 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 star players in that offense uh, and, and I think the schedule is looking a little bit favorable over the next few games that they're coming up against the, the Browns next uh, and then they've got the the Broncos the Seahawks and the Falcons and, and you'd argue that all four of those games certainly are, are winnable from a Chargers perspective so uh, in a few weeks' time, we, we may be looking back at them and, and, and seeing them in a much more positive light than, than them sort of flying under the radar at the moment. Um, it's not a team I'd have expected to be under the radar it had, had it been two or three weeks ago, but ju- just how how much, how quiet it, it's been, and maybe it's just from, from playing teams like, like the Jags and the Texans, that they're, they're back to 2-2, and, and as I said, only a game out in, in the AFC West with no real direct competition other than the, the Chiefs. So I, th- I think that it, it, the path is looking a lot clearer than it did at the start of the season and, and up when there was starting to be a, a bit of concern about them as, as a team. Yeah, I'm not quite so high yet on the Chargers. Um, they beat the Texans, who really are a, top to bottom, are probably one of the poorer rosters in the NFL, to be honest. Um Although they're, they're scrappy in the in their in games and and you know the, the coaching staff is doing a good job, but they've drafted really well this last year, so maybe more to come from the Texans. But the Chargers, they got absolutely shellacked by the um, Jaguars, who are an improving team, but you're not going to say they're one of the top 
top dogs in the NFL. They're without the best offensive player for me in Rashawn Slater. They're about like the best defensive player for me in Joey Bosa as well. So it might, it might be tough sledding for a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they've turned a corner, but it's a, it's a watch and wait for me in the Chargers. Yeah, definitely. You make an excellent point about the injuries there, especially Slater. He's such a huge part, uh, such a great left tackle, one of the best around, I think. Um, watch out for those five teams as we move on. Thanks, Adam. Uh, now we're going to play a quick game of is this quarterback any good? Um, inspired by one of our writers, Johnny, who asked uh, myself and a couple of other Seahawks fans in our group, are we, ha- you know, are we happy with Geno Smith as, as the Seahawks future? And I had to say, you know, the immediate future this season, yes, you know, he's he's doing all right. He's, he's what is he, second in terms of completion percentage um, this so far this season? He's looked good enough. And I've as said before, it's sort of a copy of how, you know, the pre-Russell Wilson year when we had Tavares Jackson, uh, quarterback, um, before we moved on. Um now he might be playing us out of the top picks, the Stroud picks, and uh, you know, and, and uh, remind me who's the other first round rookie, yeah, the, the top rookie uh, from Alabama, um, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. We may be playing ourselves out of the, those sort of stakes, but I mean, I don't necessarily mind that. I'd rather they picked the quarterback that is right for them rather than like the number one pick in the draft. You know, like like your, your Baker Mayfields, who might not be as successful. It's not exact science uh despite everything so it's 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 an interesting time but uh moving on from gino smith um stuart bailey zap zappy zap (laughs) zape uh he looked okay in his surprise debut last week against a really good packers defense i mean has bill belichick done it again and found you know found themselves another uh garoppolo to trade for a you know second round pick later on who knows is the answer to that one. Yeah, Bailey Zappi um, was a guy who had an absolute bananas year last year for Western Kentucky. Um, he had 60, what was it, 62 touchdowns last season, which is phenomenal. Um, for only 11 picks, he was slinging the ball all over the place. Um, went to the senior bowl, didn't do himself any harm there he wasn't amazing but he he did okay um don't know he he completed i think it was a it was almost bang on the 100 yards and a touchdown with no picks against a pretty good packers defense um coming in i guess there's a lot of adrenaline and you know excitement for him playing in that game is that something that's going to carry over to future weeks who knows it's really is just a case of watch and see with uh, with Bailey Zappi. But if I was a betting man, he wouldn't have been the first rookie would have put my money on completing a touchdown pass this year. But to be fair, the, the rookie, it's a talk for another day, but the rookie class, yeah, apart from Kenny Pickett, none of them have really seen any action anyway. And speaking of which, Adam, uh, of course, Kenny Pickett is now the starter in Pittsburgh. Uh, it took about as long as I thought it would for him to uh, take over. How do you think he'll get on? I find myself quite torn because I was very impressed with with Bailey Zappi to to lead the the Patriots to a, a close defeat and and, let, and started off really well at um, in Green Bay, but on on the flip side of that, in terms of in terms of what Kenny Pickett did, I, I don't think he 
he set the world on fire. Obviously, it's his first performance, and there's there's plenty of time for for him to grow, and that's obviously why you get him in early in the season. All of his passes were caught on uh, on Sunday, which is quite impressive as a as a rookie. But he went 13 for 13. The problem is that three of those were to to New York Jets defenders. So add to that a fumble and the there the were too many turnovers. Uh, he had uh, uh, an average yards per attempt, per attempt of 9.23, uh, which is quite impressive, but only 120 yards um, over over his 13 attempts. Um, I, I, I didn't see anything special in him, but that probably means that he'll be a future MVP. Yeah, I think the, the turnovers, I'm going to totally write off the last one because it's a Hail Mary and you just, that's oh, just a, yeah. whoever wants to get it is going to get it. A couple of other passes were, were tipped, you know, Chase Claypool, I think, could have done better with it with the first one. And the second one, yeah, it was maybe just a little bit late on the throw to Fryermuth. Um but overall, not terrible. I must admit, in the draft talk, guys, we, we weren't massively high on Kenny Pickett coming out anyway. So we didn't have wonderful expectations for him. But I think he's going to get a go at it. I think he has to He has to have a go at it now, doesn't he? I don't, I don't think you should be turning back to Mitch Trubisky. Now you've got to see what you've got in Kenny Pickett. As you've, you sort of both mentioned there, I, I don't think his performance is as bad as the three interceptions would, would have you believe. They're not, they're not necessarily all three that you would pin on the quarterback um yeah it, it's it's way too early to tell but I think you've got to, you've got to stick with him going forwards now obviously you've got to write off off the hill Mary but it was quite clear that that Mike Tomlin brought Kenny Pickett in partly to to try and reinvigorate the the offense and, and the crowd and I, I don't think that the team really got behind them as as the Jets then then came back so from from that perspective of of the tactical decision to to bring Pickett in because I don't think it was whether Kenny Pickett's ready it was more trying to to g up and, and really start a fire that that clearly didn't work for the Steelers on Sunday I think the major difference between the two, Bailey Zappi and Kenny Pickett, uh, is that they're going to ask Pickett to do a lot more. The coaches made it very simple for Zappi, but Kenny Pickett is going to be the starter going forward, uh, whereas Zappi's the backup, and it's clear that is clear. He's got a good group of receivers in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're going to ask him to do a lot more. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, but moving on, the last guy up, and this guy is a true enigma for me, uh, Russell Wilson. Um, we know he's good. <laughs> we, we, we can put that part of the game aside, but this is born of a look at the uh, Broncos fans um, Reddit Reddit board. They are so frustrated with him because they're talking about how if, if his first read's gone, he'll just run around and then just throw a, a long, you know, attempt a long pass to someone. And they were getting really frustrated with that. I mean, we heard the boos a couple of weeks ago and the fans joining in with the countdown clock. Um, Dale, uh, it's, it's your turn to go first. Russell Wilson, um, you know, if it was the Vikings who traded for him, would you be happy? Not at the moment, no. Uh, I mean, he seems like he's lost a step as well. I don't I haven't seen an awful lot of Russell Wilson over the years, but he always felt to me as somebody that was that was dangerous when, when he could sort of tuck the ball and, uh, and make a play with his legs. You know, like we're seeing from some Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, you know, doing so well. He, he doesn't seem to be in that, that same regard anymore. Uh, without without trying to pass the buck, Duncan, I mean, what do you, what do you make of the move as, as a Seahawks fan? They didn't seem particularly too worried about letting him go. 
Oh, it's that's 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 a whole kettle of fish right there. It, at the time, it was I was very very frustrated because it was him that wanted out. He, he seemingly said, "I don't want to be here anymore." And as time goes on, you see things. When we talked a couple of weeks ago about Richard Sherman and KJ Wright talking on their podcast, very very frankly about how he was treated differently to everyone else, um, and even apparently Pete Carroll's making jokes about it in camp as well. From a personality standpoint, I, you know, he, it was nice to un, unfollow him on Twitter and stop following all the nonsense that he does as well. So as long as we use those picks right, and, and so far in Charles Cross, apparently we have. And, you know, we, we draft the right quarterback, which you've already spoken about. You know, the future could still be good. I wouldn't have wanted to pay him all that money is the short answer, but it's a whole story, isn't it? Yeah, it's always difficult when teams think they've got that final piece, don't they? I think Denver thought, do you know what? Russell Wilson's going to be the final piece and that's going to push us onwards towards a Super Bowl. And is it really going to work out? I don't know. Um, It hasn't started off spectacularly well. Um, We had seen some good and bad Russell over the last couple of years as well. And have the Seahawks cashed in the chips at the right time? And did they see, you know, obviously Russell Wilson wanted out and, and they didn't try overly hard to keep him, to be honest. The the first good offer that came along, they were, yeah, cheerio, Russell. Did they think, yeah, do you know what? We've seen the best years of Russell Wilson now. Let someone else take on the headache. It maybe shows that the, the Denver uh, or Denver roster that everyone thought was pretty solid apart from quarterback maybe wasn't as good as... Uh, as ever, as was first thought, uh, and likewise, Russell Wilson, I, I do think, has lost a step. Not to say that he he can't be effective as a, as a quarterback, uh, and this is potentially what what might happen with with Lamar Jackson. Of what would you would expect to happen with Lamar Jackson? Of what happens when they lose that elusiveness, that that just extra uh, step, um, and if you can't, if you don't have the awareness or the ability to move to play solely from the pocket, then it's it's really going to hurt you in in your uh, later years as as injuries start to mount up, even even if it was just a finger injury for for Russell Wilson that uh, that curtailed his season, it's it's difficult. It's it's probably one of the biggest disappointments of the of the season so far. The the Broncos and how how poor they've been. Um, and as as we've alluded to at the AFC West a couple of times, I, I don't think there's going to be a way back in for them. So unless they can get the the seventh seed, then it's it's going to be a very disappointing season in, at mile high. Well, on that. Let's say cheerful note. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, and that is about all for today's show. Look out for coverage on Friday from Packers practice uh, on our site as Johnny will be reporting live. Uh, and as always, you can tweet us all about it at 99 Yards. Thanks for listening. Yeah.